Hello and welcome to World Shop, the podcast where we build worlds based off the roll of a 20-sided die. I'm Jordan. And I'm Cody. How's it going, Cody? It's going pretty well. It's going pretty well. I uh, enjoyed writing our world this week. Not saying I didn't enjoy it, but this, like I said seconds before we started this, this is my shortest world ever with two and a half pages. <laughs> Mine if is... I single space it, it might not even be two and a half. It might just be two. <laughs> Mine is extremely long, but that is because of a lot of recipes that I added. Well, I'm glad that, like I said, I'm glad you're carrying this episode because I <laughs> definitely need it. Yeah, it's two and a quarter single spaced. Ooh. But um, yeah, so what have you been doing, reading, watching all of that recently? Well, so, I mean, I'm still working on Dark Souls, which is going. Yeah, I'm just kind of like stuck on Soul of Cinder and also kind of done with the game. And, I get you. I, I get you. <laughs> like, I'm sure I'm going to beat him eventually. It's just taking me time, and it's... A, I don't know. Like, I, I started going back and playing a little bit of Dark Souls 1, and... That was a bad idea, buddy. <laughs> it it <laughs> like is! That, and, it, and it would definitely discourage you since you like Dark Souls 1 better. I, I do. There are things that I will say Dark Souls 3 does better. It is a much more fluid game. It is a much prettier mm. game. But... Already, I am remembering how much diversity there is in the bosses. Yeah, I'll give versus that. Dark Souls, where I thought about it and I'm like, freaking every boss is a guy with a fire sword. Like, so many bosses are a variation of yeah, a even, suit of armor. Even Aldrich with a fire has sword. a fire sword. Yep, yep, yep. And it's just it just kept going. And so, like for me, I think that that's burning me out. That I'm just sick of that fight, which is like big suit of armor. Blocking is useless, dodge roll a bunch, confusing timing. And it's just like that over and over and over again. And so I think that's what's burnt me out on it a little bit. And then I, I played Dark Souls 1 and I'm like, oh, frick, man, it's like cool that there's like demons and there's these big weird dragons. And I don't know, it just it feels like the world is more varied. Yeah, I'll give you that. And I also I keep bringing up Sekiro because I've been loving him. But like Sekiro, like there are a lot of bosses that look the same but all their fight styles are a lot different. So, like, you fight a lot of samurai bosses, but all of them have, like, a different way of fighting them. Yeah. And I think that's how you keep it in. Dark Souls 3, I think a lot of them is the same same way of fighting them. Yeah, the Abyss Walker, Pontiff, the Princes of Lord Lordren, Lord, the Twin Princes, the Twin Lothric Princes, or Lothric. the younger... <laughs> yeah, so it's like, I'm gonna let you struggle Lothric, it's Lothric and Lorien, Lothric. I think. Yeah. Um, but, and the Soul of Cinder, and really the, uh, Dancer, to me, all are very similar boss fights. Yeah. Um, and they all do the two-stage thing, which I am okay with kind of but also i'm like i'm just kind of over it and so i don't know i am burnt out but i do want to finish the game okay well i mean i get it i i trust me i get you because like like i said again off air i said that's like it took me a lot longer because i had to put it down a few times because i just it's like i'm not a person who really likes hard video games and it's a hard video game and like i had to just like i can't play this because i i come to video games to be at peace and to have fun in a game that's just hard as hell isn't fun yeah sekiro is different like sekiro has never once felt impossible and there were times in dark souls and dark souls 3 that felt impossible yeah like it always felt and so far in Sekiro is, has always felt like i am just one hit away from beating the boss like i can do this and it's never felt like this is unfair this sucks it's never been like that so yeah i i get you and i mean it is like disheartening and i think it's like i i understand i think why it is that i'm struggling so much where i am and i think it's that the attack wind-ups are very varied so yeah some of his attacks super quick, some of his attacks very slow, which means I'm constantly dodge rolling too early or too late, and that's throwing me off. But I don't know. It's just, you know, it it is what it is. But yeah. Other than that, I uh, I watched Gravity Falls, which I love and is a great show. That everyone yeah, should I've, check I've out. heard it. I've never watched it. I should because everybody tells me to watch that in Steven Universe and finish Infantry Crime, but I just haven't got to it. <laughs> So Jordan, so, 
What have no, you been watching? Cody. Let's just get into it because I know you want to talk about it, and you're not actually interested in what I have to say. I no, I actually I am always interested in what you have to say first off, and the fact is, like, I have portrayed myself on this show as being someone who yells a lot. In this topic, is this going to make me yell a lot? And I'm just not going to have that much to say because I'm not as far as you. But go ahead, Jordan. What have you been watching this week? I know what you want to talk about. As last week, I have been watching the new Ghost in the Shell series, Ghost in the Shell SAC 2045. It's not good. Yeah. (laughs) None of it is good. Like... I even wrote, I wrote notes because I just got tired of just sending you all these texts. I'm like I just see this wall of text and I look crazy. I just <laughs> look crazy. But I'm graphics, just not as far as you. But I yeah. got into the gra- like the graphics. I'm like I don't like them, but I've gotten used to them. I'm fine. That is not the biggest issue with the show. I would no, say. that is not okay. Let's start talking from the beginning. The new character they introduced that they just call Clown. Yeah, okay. I, I just Cody. don't. Two. I don't know why he's there. Why 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 is he there? Also, this is a close-knit team of highly confident. Like this is pretty much SEAL Team 6. And they have a guy who is literally his only character trait is idiot. Every yeah. time that they've messed up or almost got caught or whatever has been his fault. And he's constantly making stupid comments and doing stupid stuff. So I have this highly confident team who's been working together for, at this point, like 15 to 20 years, hired this guy who can barely fight his way out of a cardboard box. Yeah, it doesn't really feel like it makes any sense. No, it doesn't. He's not. He's only there to be dumb. He adds nothing to the story. He adds nothing to the team. We don't get like a backstory on him. We don't get any personality other than... He's an idiot. Yep. I think that's pretty accurate. Like, he has no skill. He's just like, we hired Gun for some reason. Like, but, but why? But they also had uh, two other members from the standalone complex who could have been in that role or in that position that they could have had. And there was no explanation of them not being there. We never get an explanation of them not being there. And then they just show up later in the show. And then they, like, have no speaking lines, and they add nothing to the team. So it's like, what are you doing? You, you're you wasting characters. You're wasting my time. And then Togusa, his whole storyline that you've seen so far, is meaningless. There's no point to it. Also, you're investigating a super confidential, like, case, and you're driving around a war-torn country in a freaking Mustang a blue pinstripe Mustang, you're trying to be um, inconspicuous, and yet you're like, hey guys, look at me, I'm the one foreigner who's investigating stuff. Yeah, I was kind of confused by the plot in general, like, I just sort of didn't understand what was going on from the get-go, which, like, I okay, so I was watching it with my wife, who... My wife! <laughs> has, ...has seen anime, and likes, like, we've watched some animes and enjoyed them. But she, yeah, but she's never seen Ghost in the Shell, right? Yeah, and so, so, or at least not much. And hmm. like right from the beginning, she's just like, "What is happening in this show at all?" And I'm like, "I honestly have, I don't know what to tell you. Like, I don't know what's happening in this show. They're just like driving through the desert, and then they get attacked by people in trucks, and they're like, don't do sustainable war. Do sustainable war. We're raiding for sustainable war.' And I'm like, "What is that?" What are you doing? It's, and I'm like, a war, I, it's pretty much the only point of a war is to of this war is to sustain the economy. So they keep pretty much waging and perpetuating this war to sustain the economy because there was some pretty much like international like money conflict. I can't think of the that's word. just money so conflict. dumb. Yeah, it's it's dumb. So the thing is that first episode gives you no clue of any of that, and I literally had to look it up because they don't really hint at what any. The thing is, they're going for action rather than depth. And Ghost in the Shell has always had depth and always had like this other under like there's been action, yes, but there's always been this like intellectual underlined um plot point. But this ha- there's no point. None of this is any point. There's no depth to this at all. Yeah. 
And also, no, I, the bad guy is literally the Matrix's Agent Smith. Not like, oh, he just looks like Agent Smith. No, his name is Agent Smith. He looks like Agent Smith. He acts like Agent Smith. Yeah, that felt really lazy when they're like vague, uh, like corporate government guy. Vague glasses wearing corporate government guy. And I'm That's like, look, his it's personality. Agent Smith. You guys are hacks. Like, what the heck? He is literally just the Matrix's Agent Smith. For no reason. And oh, hey, did you notice that they did your favorite thing where they had the Major be obsessed with prostitutes? When was Oh, when, yeah, when she was staring at the prostitutes for no reason yet again. And I was just like, I saw that scene and I was like, oh, no, no. Don't don't hurt <laughs> don't, Jordan again. Don't, don't hurt Jordan again. Like, don't have don't her just do wander this. off and touch a prostitute again. Like like literally, she was just like sta- like just kept like staring at them for no reason. It's like man, you could do anything to make this part of the story, make this part of the character like they've done before. But they literally just had her stare at prostitutes. Yeah, I don't know. It's just like the major's character to me was always one that was like interesting because of how human she felt in the story. Yeah, like. She's in a just lot of ways. She behaved. woman is how they portray her right now. Well, and it's just like kind of that, but it's just like to me, she's never been a character that was like there. There was always like the weirdness that she had, where she was like fully synthetic, and that was strange, and it did make her feel inhuman. But that was contrasted to the fact that she like had a very tight knit group of friends that she related to really naturally. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like, she didn't feel like an outsider with, um, what's his name? Bato? Bato, yeah. Yeah, like, the older guy. Like, they always felt, like, really tight. And, like, they really understood and knew each other. And I feel like no one ever nails that. They never figure out that, like, a key part of understanding that character is looking at how she relates to someone like Bato. That's been and, done in the movies. That's been done in standalone. A little bit in Arise. And then with the newest movie and with this anime, they just threw it out the window. Yeah, and it's like the whole point of Bato's character is like almost a will-they-won't-they with them. Like, kind of. But it's more that they're just like really good old friends. Yeah. And have been, like, you feel very comfortable in their relationship. It grounds that character. Well, this whole team is really good old friends, and you don't get any of that in this like you don't get that they've been working together for at this point if it's 10 years after um standalone it's been like 15 to 20 years but you don't get you don't get a group who's been working together for a long time you just get people who just happen to be in the same room as each other yeah like the the one fight scene that i watched the sniper like presumably dies and they're all just like whatever keep shooting tanks for funsies and i'm like what are you what and well, also, there's, like, like, a line where Bato's, like, they're asking Bato, like, why are you doing this? Like, if you don't think that sustainable war is a good thing, why are you just sitting here? And he's like, we're keeping good at what we love doing. I'm like, I don't think you guys particularly loved murder. No. Like, none of you guys were, like, psychotic, like, bloodlust people. You were professional investigators you know yeah they were all ex-soldiers who joined this professional investigation team so that they could protect people they don't just go out of their way to like fight in wars because they can like that's has nothing to do with the characters at all yeah them making like there's like a scene where like bato's like kind of bloodthirsty he's like talking about how much he just like loves shooting people i'm like Bato is like the nice guy of yeah, the Yeah, he's group. the guy who's like outside of the investigation team. He feeds stray dogs. He always has stray dogs around him because he's always shown as nice guy. That's why all the yeah. like think tank robots are because he's the only one who treats them not as machines. But then I we have isn't he also things. Like, <laughs> wouldn't he be like 60 at this point? Yeah, like he, I kind of thought also that, he was he'll old. be super old. I know the whole thing is like, oh, they're like half they're like cyber cybernizing or whatever they're becoming well, cybernetic eyes. <laughs> but he's still human like if you shoot him in the head he's going to die yeah like his not everything in him is cybernetic and at some point i'm like i kind of thought he was like mid to late 40s in standalone complex and that was <laughs> yeah. been a decade so i'm like you are getting way too old to be an active duty mercenary <laughs> like you are pushing 60 apparently in standalone he was like late 30s really well they, he had gray hair so i kind of thought that was meant to be older yeah so did i i mean it's anime even that, still it's, 45's old 45's for active just, field mercenary <laughs> it's not 
good. And they just... Ghost in the Shell had death. I really like Standalone Complex because of the two story arcs in Standalone. Where, like, they had death. This whole thing, idea of what a Standalone Complex is. Where it's like this standalone event can, like, shift in society to where it becomes this, like, complicated, convoluted mess. When it just, the first one just started out as a kid trying to, like, a cyber terrorist kidnapping um, a high, um, high up see a uh, pharmaceutical ceo and then this whole mess turned into a bunch of people posing as the laughing man and it turned into this huge mess and it had death and we get to see like the death with the character that turns out to be that um terrorist and all of this stuff cool really cool story and then the filler episodes were also really interesting but this we have a story that just doesn't make sense the one filler episode that's in there is really dumb and I don't think you have got, got to, to it's a filler episode. episode it's yet. episode seven. It's the bank robbery one when you get there, and it's dumb. Oh, it's really dumb. dumb. And it's just, it's just the whole show. It just has no depth. The movie had a lot of depth that were really interesting, and even the freaking Scarlett Johansson movie sucked. It was boring and awful, but it still had more depth than this. It at least like tried to say something about like anything about yeah this anything. character being inhuman and about like what that means like you know it tried to make some clumsy thesis on like what constitutes being alive whatever and they um, failed at it but it still had yeah. some sort of thing to say this has nothing to say what is it saying well and it's like it's just like the clumsiest kind of like capitalism bad which i'm like not even necessarily saying that there's like there is ground to cover there with, like, showing how, like, a war-perpetuated economy is problematic. But the way they show the economy being perpetuated by war is stupid and doesn't actually make sense. It's like, a war-perpetuating economy makes sense when what you are doing is conquering farmable land. Like, that's why it makes there's, sense, there's, is because they're just you need fighting more resources. It's literally just but if you're the rob. <laughs> Yeah, if you're just blowing each other up in an arena, like, that doesn't actually help your economy at all. It just wastes money. And it, it's like that, who's being benefited by this? Quee like, bono! <laughs> I'm just, it just doesn't make any sense. And it's like, uh, it's like the, it's like, it's like a middle schooler trying to tell someone why war is bad. Yeah. Is my impression of it. Okay. It's, I, I, look, I'm 100% on what you just said. Just, like... It's it's not good. This show is oh. not good. Also, wait, what are you going to say first? Go ahead. Now, Go the ahead. last thing I wanted to say is this show is supposed to be cyberpunk. None of it looks cyberpunk. There's like the one scene with Togusa at the beginning when he like swipes away the like. Yeah. And that they do that like twice. And then none of the rest, like the part I'm on, they're having meetings just in a regular looking office room. Yeah. Yeah. There's just, well, it's, and it's like, poking fun at americans because like the business guy just looks like texas and i'm yes like, <laughs> i mean but every anime does that where the business guy just looks like texas <laughs> sure the californian businessman looks is like wearing texas. a cowboy hat it has a bit but uh belt buckle and like the um button up shirt yes he's texas we get it congratulations cowboy american yes we get it i get it <laughs> <laughs> which i mean okay it's not like when america portrays other cultures we always do it right but every time I see a pretend cowboy businessman, I'm just like, oh, like, I have never met that person in my life. Just, they don't exist. They exist in, like, deep south Texas that exists nowhere else. And they all sell used cars. Like, they <laughs> yes, don't, they're right. not real people. Like, and on. also, that guy was supposed to be in um, charge of a freaking, like, private um, military. Yeah, like no, that's he would that be was wearing... his role, private, like private military, and that just like no, 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 he's just Texas. They like you mean cowboy, right? Like cowboy American. No, that's not what a guy who's in charge of a private military looks like. They would look very nice and very besuited. Yeah, but he's just wearing a cowboy hat, big belt buckle, and a freaking button-up shirt. Texas. He has a shotgun, right? Oh, oh yeah, Andy. Yeah, he had the shotgun too. Oh my god. It's okay, so, so the, the the last thing I wanted to say is the way violence is portrayed drives me insane. Oh my god. Have you gotten up to the part where they're fighting a bunch of robots? N no, I just, like, the part where they're, like, killing people in cars, and every time a car blows up, all the people just despawn. Right. So it's at oh. once extremely violent, but also not remotely graphic. 
which does a very weird thing to your message about the brutality of war when it's portrayed like a video game. The bad guys just despawn when you kill them. And I'm like, that kind of undercuts your message about brutal war. Ghost in the Shell is always done what like Psychopath does, where it shows like the violence beat, like when someone gets shot in the head, their head goes pop. Yeah, it's, it's not fun. It's like, That's oh like, my gosh. Like there's a couple of that late. It's really dumb looking later because it's CG graphic where someone punches a dude in the head, his head just explodes and just like, just like neck. And it just looks really bad. But it, it's all dumb. And the, But the thing I was going to say, they're fighting robots. And they literally are punching and hitting robots with nightsticks. And the robots are falling over like they're getting knocked out. And that's why I <laughs> sent you yesterday. It's like, apparently, yeah. if you punch a robot, it just gets knocked unconscious. Like, literally, they're knocking. They were knocking out robots, Cody. They were punching robots with their bare fists and knocking them out. And, like, the robots will fall over and be knocked out. And she does this move where she jumps and grabs the roof and then, like, kicks and like knocks over two robots and they don't get back up and start fighting they just stay down it's like you're a robot act like one get yeah, out why, why, why even have a robot at this point you should be able to overpower the like the major is strong but the rest of them are like mostly human you should be able to easily overpower them all togusa is human why is he so yeah like, he's 100 human right he's the only one who doesn't have any cybernetic work done so why is he super spy right now and that's the cool thing about togusa right in the show he's like has an inferiority complex because right he was the one that was like a beat cop before yeah. and then got hired in as like this is our average joe and he gets hired in with all these like spec up like crazy Super soldiers <laughs> and he's like uh hi i'm tokusa i have a wife and child i go home at night yeah and, but I it's like that's cool because he's he's like a no he's like the normal guy and it grounds the team he's and they the have to every work. man <laughs> and you figure out that he is useful he is really smart he does have a different perspective you know like he understands the human element more it's just it's so and, also, and they're showing him being be a super spy why yeah, is he like jumping around like, punching people one punching people in the face and stuff it's like what is this stupid stupid show you know what kind of made me laugh too is that they got his gun wrong yes. there was like a whole thing about Where how he, he only used uses a revolver, a revolver. Yeah, but he's and, right, like he's there's a part you were Glock in this. Yeah, and there's like a point where they he like goes on trial and they're like trying to make a case about how yes! he has a fetish for guns because but he only uses a revolver. And he's like, no, it's like I don't need thirty shots in a clip, and this is more accurate, so I use this gun. Like, there's advantages to this. Every movie, every other show has made a point where he's literally like shown that gun to the camera and be like. Only gun I use. <laughs> and this yeah. one, they're like, no, he uses whatever because he's super badass um, super spy now. Yeah, and it's like the, there was a reason for all these disparate characters to exist and why it was cool And they're to see all them the interact. same character now. They're all super spy character. Yeah. Yeah, it's all the same. None of them have the original personality. It's The show makes me so mad, but I want to finish it, A, for the show, and B, just to be done with new ghosts in the show. Yeah, no, it's... And like I'm, thinking I about the manga, it, I'm going to read the manga. I might even because I have all all every single Ghost of the Shell episode. I might just rewatch the original stuff. And the I want to watch Standalone again. Just Standalone because, is like, so I, good. <laughs> I forget how good it is, and then I think about it, and I'm like, oh yeah, geez, like they really did a lot of clever stuff here. We're like, you think about it, and the only like straight up soldier in Ghost in the Shell Standalone Complex was. Bato, right? He was like the only well, guy who's I, just like. Well, I mean, the major, because she. The, well, also, but, they need to realize that the major is not a nickname. That's her military rank. She is yeah. a major. And they keep right. treating it as if it's just a nickname. No, she is a military commander. It, like, kind of is because, like, she's not in the military anymore. Yeah. But the reason that everyone in the group called her major is because she it, is it's a like calling major. someone Sarge. It's like. Like, that name kind of sticks after you get out of the military, but it's because she was a, like, military commander. Well, that's what I mean, though. She's more like a spy, like, you know. Because well, yeah. she's, she's the only one who's supposed to be super robot because she is right. super robot. She's, like, turning invisible and flying through doors. But if they're just like, we need a guy to hold an assault rifle and kick down that door. The only person they have for that is Bato, you yeah. know? And, or oh, if yeah, they're they like, we Ishikawa need a normal guy. Also, they show Ishikawa also being super spy, but he's the data analyst. He goes out on field right. missions sometimes, but he's 
most of the time you see him, he's sitting at a computer with those yeah, goggles on. Yeah, he's like on. the computer nerd. Yeah. He's the data yeah. analyst. Why is he running around with an assault rifle? Yeah, they just all use the same, like, future P90-looking yeah, gun that everything they're, is used. They're not even loud guns. It's not even, like, a real gun. It's kind of funny, because, like, the show, to me, that ruined that style of, like, compact future submachine gun was Stargate SP-1. Yes, yes. Because that was, like, I think that gun came out around that time, and everyone's like, it's the gun of the future! All of our super soldiers carry that, and now every single thing Everyone. has to have the mag like the top magazine, tiny little like square plastic gun that everyone uses. And I'm like, oh, it's just uh, so bland. So because I have a few more comments, but I'm bringing to get to the show. Are you gonna keep watching this? Because I'll just make the comments next week. If I might keep, keep watching. watching it. I kind of want to finish it and just be upset. And then yeah, let's just alone. be upset together. Please finish it because I have a couple more comments. That's like more just stupidity from this show. But we need to get to our show. I know you don't remember. Do you remember what the last time week. that they have like a beach day where they like are in like a hollow room and the whole team just kind of like pretends to go to the beach and they just like sit out and chat with each other? I don't remember that, but it was just like a random thing that happened where the team was hanging out yeah, and being but friends. But like they're like, like family, but they're like when the whole actual team gets together, there's just two characters who just oh, and Saito now has they have no more lines anymore. They're just there to look <laughs> cool. And it's really just Bato, Tokusa, the major are the only characters who have anything to do in the show. And it's like, Which, like then don't show anyone else. And don't add a rando new guy. Don't. Yeah, they could have cut him out and then put in Borma or Pazu and have them have those lines and not be an idiot. And also, did he get hired like the day before the show started? Apparently. But why, though? Other than to just be an idiot. And the thing is, that character would make sense as a fish out of water. So the like the major and Bato and the rest of the crew could explain to him what's going on. But they never do that. They never do that, though. They never explain to him what's going on, so he's there's no reason for him to be there. But the thing is, close-knit, highly confident team hires an idiot. (laughs) That doesn't make sense. That would be like my engineering team, just like the engineering, hiring someone for the engineering position who's just a businessman. That would be like hiring Donald Trump to be president. Oh, <laughs> I'm bleeping that. Whoops. So just like, yeah, it's just, it's literally the same thing. Just, we need to yeah. get to the show, Cody. I'm so upset. I know. I know. I, I understand. Mandy quit. She, 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 well, she, to okay. Yeah. She actually is done. Yeah. She was just like, yeah, we're done with this and I don't want to watch it anymore. And I'm like, yeah, I know. I agree with you, actually. Yeah. This I, is I, not good. I need you to finish it because I got more to yell about. Oh, it's just 12 episodes isn't that many. I yeah. Think I know. Just, just it. finish it. You're like on five. So just finish it. Anyways. Cody, what was last week? Remember, I yelled at you a bunch. That's the case. Your oh, world it was, was Sitcom like, yeah, World? Yep. Yeah. Okay. I looked were at you... my recent Google Docs. Oh, so I was like, where you didn't know what a sitcom was, apparently. Yes. Okay. So, Cody, what is this? Wait, yeah, what is this week, actually? Yeah, see, you didn't ask me. You just looked at me all angry. I know. Sorry. I, I was okay. like, oh, yeah, I need to actually forward the conversation rather than sitting and waiting, <laughs> waiting for you just to know what to say. What's this week? I bud? mean, I knew what to say. You just didn't, you know. It's like, I know, I know. I have feels to feels unnatural for me to just be that, like, that's this, how week, this, this week is Flavortown World. Yeah, I regret rolling this one. So hard. I'm really happy with it. I am. I just made fun of Guy Fieri. Fieri. I mean, I did Sorry, too. Guy like, Fieri is how you and, and I want to say, like, I got no problem with the guy. I, I honestly, like, I. in terms I think he's fine. of celebrity chefs, he's not the worst one. He's, he has a character that he puts he's on. He's not that's a stuck-up prick like most of the other chefs, and I appreciate that about him. Like, he says silly things, he's and I am going... And that's, like, yeah. why I make fun of him. <laughs> and and that means he's going to get ribbed. Also, he has so much more money than me, I feel like I could say oh, whatever I want about dude, him, and I'm not going to feel so that bad. so much money. Guy, guy makes his living cooking and talking to people. Apparently, like, he's a really good guy. So, like, I have no... Nothing against him. It's just he's a goofball, like comic character like he's like a saturday a morning cartoon character in real life frosted tips flame t-shirts and shorts always is best friends with the guy from smash mouth <laughs> he, he what what it is is that he looks like a juggalo and i find <laughs> yeah, he that looks really like a juggalo without the face he actually does look like the juggalo guy without the face paint oh gosh oh no he's a juggalo 
Oh, you know he probably, you know, I he's listened not. to Insane Clown Posse. He probably, I mean, jeez. Oh, anyway, so this week is Flavor Town World. Cody, you, you like to roll for initiative. I did. I rolled a nine. I rolled a 17. I don't want to go first, but I, is that a, please say that's like, a, nope, it's a seven. Like, either way, it's two numbers, so I won either way. It's like, I see your face judging me. I love how you sit down and you pour yourself the drink from... Oh, I have to pee so bad because I drink way too much Diet Coke. Takes the two liter of Diet Coke. Pours the two liter of Diet Coke. It, like, waits for me. Just, just like, sits there looking at me the whole time while doing it. It's, like, knowing you're doing something wrong. It's just, like... <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 know, I know what's happening here. Like I don't you, feel You know what's going either. on. You know exactly what I'm thinking. You still just do it. Just to hear on the microphone. Tch. Okay, so honestly, Cody, with worlds, I just really, really, really want to get back to like fantasy side. Get back to something I'm good at because the last three weeks have been stuff I'm not good at. Like we did, well, sitcom was fine, but I already did like the sitcom world I wanted to, so I had to be a little bit like I had to like think outside the box and didn't have an idea. But then steampunk, I'm not good at that. And then we did, there was something else that we did. I just, I'm not great at, but this is Flavor Town World. I'm going to try to do the voice, but what I was practicing earlier, it destroyed my throat. So I might only do the voice for, do the voice for the first um, part. So this comes from Guy Fieri himself. So picture yourself in a boat on a river with tangerine trees and a marmalade sky. Okay, now let's be more realistic. Picture yourself cruising down an Oreo crumble road in your 1967 red Camaro convertible on your way to a town made up of food. I'm Guy Fieri, and welcome to Flavortown. Flavortown is a small town in East Coast America funded by the Food Network. I asked, and they delivered. <laughs> on the road to Flavortown, you'll drive over Oreo crumbles, past ham trees, and baking grass. Don't worry about the grease, though. It only adds flavor. <laughs> a river runs through the town on its way to the ocean that is made up of peach martini. But don't worry. The ocean dissipates the martini, and it doesn't negatively affect the environment. Wink. <laughs> flavor Town is made up of a few thousand people, but most of the traffic is the t in the town is from tourism. People come from all over the world to get a taste of the flavor. Thousands of people travel to Flavortown every day, almost like it is an amusement park. There would be lines for food, but food is everywhere, and there are so many good restaurants that there is plenty to go around. The people who live here spend their days trying to make the best food to keep the ball rolling. From the tourists, you get your food pass stamped at every single restaurant, then you get a free dinner made by me, Guy Fieri, where I'll take you to the figurative Flavortown, since you're already in the real one. I'm sorry. I'm... Space. I've just... Means he's gonna f*** you. <laughs> <laughs> What's the matter with you? I'm so... But so I'll be tired all day during the day and I'll get like my second wind of energy about at like 7 o'clock. So now I'm like in energy mode. So I'm going to be weird for the rest of this episode and I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we have a strong community that keeps the graham cracker sidewalks fresh and makes sure the taco shells that make up the buildings don't crumble down. The community center always has fresh a fresh rib cooking for you. The community pool isn't necessarily for swimming. Instead, it is a large deep fryer so we can keep fried food coming. Look, you can leave your vegetarian vegan lifestyles home. Food was made to enjoy. But don't worry, because it never rains in Flavortown. Always bright and sunny. Not too hot, though, or the chocolate on the roofs would melt. Think that only one season would cause distress. I'm talking so fast that I apologize. I told you. Second wind of energy. It's but, okay. But nope, I'm enjoying this. It keeps people coming into the town regardless of the time of year. At night, the cool air... Sorry, the air cools a bit. And you can enjoy... Enjoy fresh ice cream treats, or a nice margarita under the stars. There is always a fireworks show to light up the night. Then everyone goes back to their hotels out of town or their marshmallow beds if they live here. Anything to relax and refresh for another busy day in Flavortown. So my Flavortown is literally a town made of food, and they basically is um, diners, drive-ins, and dives 24-7. 
We did something very similar. Mine Dang is it. a little bit different. <laughs> Every time. Uh, all right, you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Surf bands class with clash with banjo metal under the chromium glass bubble on the moon of Flavortown. But it has not always been this way. The story of Flavortown is the story of food. This is an excerpt from Papa Ferrari, the mayor of Flavortown, signature get grill and grill Bible called Papa's Signature Bangin' Burger. Let's start with the fixins. You need one pound of quality ground hyper kettle beef. Use that good stuff. Nothing cheap. One pound spicy breakfast sausage. We like a mix of atomic hog and razor sharp back pig. You need red onions sliced super thin, garlic, red vinegar, sugar, fresh eggs from a Velocity chicken, a brioche bun, spicy mayonnaise, salt and pepper, and of course, Flavor Town's signature burger seasoning. Boil up a 50-50 mix of red, uh, of red wine vinegar and water. That's tangy. Add a slap of sugar to that soup. Pour over red onions and a few destroyed cloves of garlic. Slap down those burgers and sausage into a into half pound patties. We want them thick. Season those puppies with flavor with Did you a just flavor write a punch of that. Huh? Did you just write a cookbook? Like I'm enjoying this because you know I like food, but did you just write a cookbook? I mean, partially. There's oh. like the intro little narrative bits are all cookbook recipes. Okay, keep going. Um, I mean, this sounds great. <laughs> With a flavor punch of that FTSBS, which is the Flavor Town Signature Burger Seasoning. Get a grill, <laughs> ripping hot, preferably on phased antimatter propane or meteoric lava rock. Um, both will give you a good sizzle. Once that's glowing red, slap down your sausage and burger patties. Grill them like you hate them. Pull the beef off when it's still Whoa, bloody. Oh, this is... Red card because Guy Fieri doesn't hate anything. <laughs> <laughs> pull, pull the beef while it's still bloody. Fry up an egg and jam with with that and riff and jam a riff on that with some of the FTSBS Flavor Town Signature Burger seasoning. <laughs> Stack all that up on a mayonnaise brioche bun and top with those quickie pickly onions. That's an express ticket to Flavor Town. <laughs> Flavor Town. <laughs> was originally called Grantis Major Luna 7, a largest and desolate moon orbiting a useless planet in a sucky solar system full of pirates, traders, truckers, traders, cutthroats, low lives, and every and everyone else that wears a 10-gallon hat and shooting irons. Oh the God. system at large is a total wreck, is barely functioning, and mostly just serves as a hangout for criminals. One such lowlife was known as Patrick Franklin. He was kind of dumpy and was technically a smuggler, or maybe was just unemployed and owned a ship. His latest haul was a pop-up farm tent, which is basically a set of decent plants and bacteria that people could use to throw on a planet that got sunlight and grow some vegetables. The thing is, Patrick Franklin was not a great pilot, and his ship crashed. No one knows why. But one day, Patrick was cruising through the Grantis system with both feet on the wheel, and he never made it out. He was presumed dead. But that was the day he became the mayor of Flavortown. He crashed on Luna 7 with all the supplies he needed to never escape but feed himself forever. In the crash, he was horribly burned, so badly that his hair was permanently highlighted with atomic glowing highlights. So, so Guy Fieri. <laughs> so basically just Guy Fieri. <laughs> So there he was, alone, the king of a sad castle with nowhere to go. It's the end of section. Oh, that's the end of section. Okay. That's sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you right at the end of your section. No, it's it's, God, it's okay. You, you're doing you're doing a great job. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so funny to me. That's so, so funny. I don't like watching it, but I've seen a lot of um drive-in diners and dives. And also what well, he has like he has a hundred shows. He does. He has a lot of shows. He has a hundred shows. So this is my next part. I'm going to talk slower and not do the voice because the voice was supposed to be fast talking like Guy does. <sighs> Food Network came to me and said, Guy, you are changing the world. One drive-in, diner or dive, one grocery short, uh, grocery game, and one big bite at a time. So what's your next big project? And I told them they need to, t to make Flavortown a reality. And boy, did they deliver. Flavortown is made up of food, but outside is what is really driving... My God, why is this sentence so stupid? Okay, you know what? 
Are you correcting okay. your world's yes. grammar right Flavor now? Flavortown is made up of food, but outside is the real driving force of Flavortown. It's annexed Flavor Farms are what provides for the town. We have <laughs> Why did we write fields. the same world? Stop it! <laughs> Delete your world. It's the same <laughs> it's as mine. Why? We have sugarcane fields along with wheat, natural vegetables, and fruit orchards. Everything in Flavortown is fresh. We don't Get skip out. on flavor. Get but out. <laughs> I hate I hate this so much. But the Food <laughs> Network scientists are constantly working on crossbreeding the plants to create the no, ultimate flavor. Stop are you it. serious? Get are out. Are you serious? You can't do this to me. Like you can't like you can't be serious that we just wrote the same thing. We basically wrote the same thing. Oh my gosh. We have we have the purest of sugar, the biggest apples, and the juiciest tomatoes you will ever see. Our town, uh, sorry, other towns get jealous of how amazing the produce in Flavortown is. We have had to up security around the farms quite a bit. The outsiders are calling this guy's army, but oh come on, things aren't that serious. <laughs> well, psychotic. not everything about Flavortown is about the plants and trees. You need the good part, the meat. And just imagine that in his voice. I can't do it, but just imagine that. The meat. We have large open fields outside of Flavortown where the animals can can all enjoy themselves and grow as big as possible. But there are smaller farms for more unique animals like ostriches, gators, warthogs, you name it. But Flavortown ain't wasteful. We use almost every part of the animal for meat. It turns out deliciously every single time. One of my favorites are Orson's Cow Tongue Tacos. They are tacos so fresh, they'll slap you. Cow Tongue is actually really good. No, do you like Cow Tongue? Yeah, it's really good. Did we just become best friends? I've only cow had it a couple times, best. but it's really oh, good. Anytime I can get it, I'm like, yes, 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 yes. I want a fresh See, I knew this cow. episode would be good because we both really like food. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, okay, so I'm not supposed to advertise this too much because people talk about animal cruelty and all of that. But I don't think it's cruel if you're enjoying yourself. I can't straight face that line ever. I've We're sorry, like, guy. We love you. <laughs> we love you, man. We have I a special, also want a nacho mountain. Right? We have special test areas where we have been flavor packing some of the animals to get the flavors out of the meat. Our cows <laughs> have been fed bacon so we could get the flavor blasted beef. And chickens only eat super hot peppers so we can have meat saturated with spice. You get the point. But really, check out the spicy 75-layer sandwich at Tito's or the bacon beef lasagna at Carmelo's. That right there is Flavortown. Bacon beef lasagna. I love it. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Sorry, guy. You're fine. (laughs) He's never going to listen to this. (laughs) All right. Here's another entry from uh, Papa Ferrari, the mayor of Flavortown's signature Get Grill and Grill Bible. This is for slapping biscuits and gravy. Start with the gravy fixin'. What you're gonna need is a tub of bacon fat, cultured butter, green onions, sliced on a bias, your favorite full-fat sausage, flour, pork stock, milk, cream, and salt and pepper. (laughs) Alright, what you're first gonna want to do is brown your pork in about a half-inch thick disc and a tablespoon each of bacon fat and butter. (laughs) Once both sides of that pork frisbee are golden brown, remove out of the pan- no, no, sorry. Mix in enough flour to make a paste, or a roux. Cook that until it's deep golden brown. Deglaze the skillet with pork stock. Fill the skillet with an even mixture of milk and cream. Cook until desired thickness and season with salt and pepper. Add the green onions at the end. Bangin' or slappin' gravy. Now here's how you make slappin' biscuits. Okay, really quick. I love how we both put in that just all this food is just packed with grease. I mean, look, if you want to know, okay, first of all, that's not America's fault. That's that's French cooking's fault. Well, yeah, I, I'm they not need to saying get off America's their high fault, horse. Like, if you watch um, his shows, it's just always just covered in grease. Yeah, well, I'm just saying the original culprits of let's slow cook this in butter, it was the French. It, it is the Anyways, French. they call it a fancy name, but it's still meat soaked in butter and wine. That's why it tastes good. Um, <laughs> all right. So, biscuit recipe. Find a sweet old granny. Give her hugs and do chores around her house. Ask her to make you biscuits. Make her the above gravy recipe. That is a recipe for a wholesome family breakfast. I didn't want to write out the recipe for biscuits because it's freaking long. It is really long. That's so funny, man. Oh, my God. You're killing it today. All right. 
Patrick was in a bad way, mentally speaking. Sure, he could make food go forever, um, but the constant isolation was beginning to take his toll. His injuries healed, but his hair was never quite back to the way it was. He was left, he was left alone to just tend his fields. But a few things happened. Patrick found out that due to the positioning of this planet in relation to the sun and the planet it was orbiting, it was a constant barrage of sunlight. So that one small garden tent that he got was able to fill him with vegetables constantly. He was never lacking for food. And also, all of the cosmic rays caused these vegetables to grow an amazing size and flavor that no one had ever experienced before. The other bright side was that he hadn't realized how great his stolen cargo was. Not only did they give him the supplies necessary to start a small field, he was also able to start raising some animals. And again, constant bombardment from cosmic rays created new and more flavorful creatures. In isolation on this planet, all he was left to do was crossbreed animals, crossbreed plants, and feed himself. He had always been a big fan of cooking and a big fan of eating, and that was all he had left to do to protect his waning amount of mental health. Eventually, he started calling his new home Flavortown. He loved to eat and had always been a fan of sketchy restaurants. And now he lived on a planet that gave him infinite opportunities to riff and experiment. Granted, some of those new flavors ended up being a little bit dangerous. Peter kept breeding larger and larger animals and crossbreeding to the point where basically this became a meat and grillable vegetable themed Wonka factory with Peter as Willy Wonka. That is when the commercial for Flavortown hit the skies. Are you tired of eating the pathetic excuse for space food? Are you tired of fearing for your life every time you want to grab a space burger to go? Are you tired of your food eating you? Well, come on down to Flavortown, where the food is safe and keeps your tongue happy. We make everything right here in-house on the planet that is known as Flavortown. And who prepares the food? Why, me, the mayor of Flavortown. This might not be a five-star establishment, but we got character, surf music, classic, classic cars, and perfect hospitality. So come on down and get fed... In Flavortown, the system's most famous bar and grill. Yep. <laughs> I, I, put, I put this on the list. <laughs> so what happened there is that he, uh, a pirate crash landed on a planet, went crazy, got his <laughs> hair burnt white, and then, ax- and then got so bored that he opened a restaurant because he was trapped on the planet. Just, just, to, just to wrap it up nicely. Oh my gosh, it's so dumb. Not, not that it's dumb, dumb, but it's just, it's, the idea of Flavortown is just dumb. Okay, so society history. This comes from Bob Tushman, the um, CEO of Food Network. So uh, we asked Guy, what is the next big thing? And that frosted-tipped, sunglass-wearing, flame-shirt-clad man looked me in the eyes and said, make Flavortown a reality. What does that mean? (laughs) I always thought Flavortown was a figure of speech or a state of mind. But Guy wanted us to make it a reality. So luckily, being a network CEO, I was able to call on some favors, pull a few strings, and finally get some stuff done. Just so happened that a friend of mine at the History Channel uncovered a magical genie's lamp from an ancient tomb. He said the lamp could grant three wishes to the holder. Of course, he messed up and accidentally wished for Donald Trump to become president and for Nickelback to still sell records. So he couldn't trust himself to make any more wishes and gave me his last wish. I made the last wish to make whatever guy believed Flavortown was a reality. And wow, what a reality. A city made of food, endless farms that produce raw material, and a constant stream of people coming in for tourism. All of this under the Food Network name. Stocks went through the roof, and the people are constantly praising Food Network and Guy. Who knew that Guy Fieri would be the biggest cash cow this world has ever seen? The man has a thousand shows and counting. But we knew we couldn't just stop there. Yes, tourists would come in and out of Flavortown, but eventually the prestige would die down and Flavortown would no longer be as big as it used to be. So I went to Guy again and said, we need to continue to push forward in Flavortown. We need a show. And again, he looked me in the eyes, that frosted tip, flame shirt clad man, and said, I'll do you one better. I'll make the greatest food show ever. And that is my society history. All right. Flavor Town was a genie's wish from the History Channel. Yes. 
I love it. <laughs> it's uh, really yet another entry from the Grill Bible by Papa Ferrari. This is sex, sweat, and spaghetti. <laughs> Ill? <laughs> Ill? <laughs> Just gross? I don't want sex, sweat, or that to be next to my spaghetti anyways. All you need is a good meat sauce. Well, we're going to get wink, to a wink. good meat sauce. <clears throat> I'm gonna I'm gonna warn you this one gets a little blue, but just just <laughs> let, let it happen. Of course it gets blue. It's one of your worlds. Uh so here's the fixins. You're gonna need one pound freeze-dried pasta, spicy and dewy sausage, a bang load of garlic, one white onion, one flavor town special hot smoked pepper, uh a healthy canister full of mutilated tomatoes, fresh monster basil, and original oregano. Step one. Get a space-proof skillet, skillet rip and hot, and introduce the sausage to it. Cook it till the pan is ruined and the sausage is crispy. Make that sausage pull out. Make those onions get Cody, sweaty in the pork. Cody, <laughs> hold on. You what to the sausage? And how do you do that in a cooking situation? What I was saying is remove the sausage from the skillet. Make that sausage pull out is what you were saying. You were <laughs> trying to just make a sex pun. And it just, I, you're so gross. Uh, yeah, it only gets worse. Make, make those onions get sweaty in the pork liquid. <laughs> Punch it up with some garlic and... Uh, pepper flakes from the Flavor Town Special Hot Smoked Pepper. Get your pasta water boiling in salted water like it's the ocean. Deglaze your pan with mutilated tomatoes. That's the secret passageway to Flavor Town. Cook till pasta tastes like wet bones. Toss in the sauce, let cook till done. Toss in all those green bits for the rabbits. Let your sausage come back in for sloppy seconds. (laughs) 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 No! Also, this is spaghetti, isn't it? Yeah. Why are you doing sausage spaghetti? Dude, okay, here's the thing. Let me tell you what. When you it don't comes like beef to- in your spaghetti? No, it's the worst. It's so bland. What you need okay, actually, I is do a mix. spicy I do, sausage. I do half beef, and then I do half um, sausage, and then I um, pepper. I, I like spicy stuff. I don't do this when I'm cooking for Mel because she doesn't like spicy stuff, but I pepper the heck out of it. Um, I need to send you my actual recipe for transcendent pasta because, oh boy. No, actually do it because I'll make it. Like I like it, I said, we both love oh. food. <laughs> um, it's close to this, but this is like a little bit toned down. And it's not. It's not all the steps. Anyways, yeah. Cause first flavor <laughs> town. At first, Flavor Town was little more than a diner run by a crazy man with crazier hair that seemed to love nothing more than describing his food like you were going on an adventure. But quickly, Flavor Town became more than just a local des- destination. Word got around the galaxy of the best dive diner the universe had ever made. With the growth of fame, Peter quickly realized he needed a better persona than a shipwrecked smuggler. That is when Papa Ferrari was born. It is unclear when he started wearing an alligator skin hat, or at what point he got all those golden platinum teeth, or why he started wearing gaudy rings, or why he only wears bowling shirts now. But... Through all of this, big cars, surf music, and comfort food always seem to be Papa Ferrari's passion. He's a ridiculous character of a person. He's not a <laughs> real human being, Guy Fieri. <laughs> Papa Ferrari's... This isn't Guy Fieri, it's, I, it's Papa Ga- Ferrari. This is Guy Fieri. <laughs> <laughs> it's Guy Fieri that like, kind of also is wearing even clownier clothes. Somehow. But still bowling shirts. Somehow. Um, Papa Ferrari started referring to himself as the mayor of Flavortown. This was appropriate as people started staying there full time. At first, it was just a few hired hands to help harvesting the fields, but then maybe a couple of cooks and eventually wait staff. But before too long, Flavortown became a proper space settlement. The early days were rough. It took a long time for another dive chef to be allowed to open up his own shop. But eventually, the town of Flavortown became a town. Once the floodgates were open, Flavortown exploded. It became not only a destination for now out-of-work dive chefs looking for a new lease on life, but also became a serious destination for culinary masters wanting the best and most unique ingredients possible grown by Papa Ferrari, the mayor of Flavortown. Is that it? That's that's the end of section three. That's now, I, history again, of the past. The sighs are because you're doing well, and I hate you because, like I said, this is my shortest world of all time. Oh, sorry, it was three and a half pages, not two and a half. That's not that short. It's My world is really short. (laughs) All right. This is Society Current with Guy Fieri again. There are rumors that Flavortown as a brain literally just died as I was saying that. 
I like read the word and my mouth couldn't form the word. I was like, <laughs> okay, there are rumors that Flavortown has a uniform. No, it isn't that strict here. Nice and loose. Everyone chooses to wear flame or Hawaiian shirts with shorts. They also say that vegetarians and vegans are banned. Not banned at all. We just don't have menu items to support that kind of lame flavor palette. Flavortown is loose, but things are about to get heated. Also, that is based off of Guy Fieri's restaurants where he just has no vegan or vegetarian menu items at all. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's like, I don't think he does it to be mean, but he just doesn't have vegan, vegan options. It's just so funny to me. All right, so Food Network had me racking my brain for the next big thing. So I met with my best bros, Sammy Hagar and Steve Harwell. Smash Mouth. <laughs> Two guys who truly changed music. We decided to <laughs> turn <laughs> the whole town into a contest. When was the world more enthralled or wrapped up in a TV show? Only when my show, Guy's Grocery Games, was on. So I decided to create the Flavortown Wars. Picking a favorite restaurant is like picking a favorite child. It is so difficult, so instead, I designed a show to do it for me. Every week, a new tournament is held with daily matches based on, a, on the type of food. Ten restaurants battled out for domination. The top restaurant will be rewarded with the Gold Guy Trophy and a plaque. And $10,000 to further push the restaurant. But the lowest scoring restaurant will be packing their bags for another restaurant to fill in. But don't worry, if you lose, you can always be put back on the waiting list to battle it out another day perpetual motion it's a show that keeps renewing itself and will never die out the whole town gets wrapped up in the weekly tourney everyone buying merch for each restaurant and eating there to see what all the bustle is about the judges are sammy steve and i and we make sure to sop up every bit of food in the taste testing portion the government thinks that we are just adding to the obesity crisis but no it's just a different lifestyle as a number one tourist spot, a number one network television program, and a number one place to get food, Flavortown will one day take over the world. And that is my world. Uh, real dumb. Right. <laughs> real, real dumb. I liked it. I did enjoy it. It made me happy. I feel like we both nailed the tone this time. A hundred percent. I think we both just knocked it out of our tone wise. All right, here's our last character of a man. <laughs> it's called a righteous roast. It starts with the leg of a carnosaur. All right, so step I you one say it starts with the leg of Jesus Christ. No, <laughs> step one is the marinade. Combine the following in one full-sized fuel drum: the juice of a dozen limes, the juice of a dozen lemons, uh, the juice of a dozen oranges, rum, a healthy bunch of mashed tomatillos. One head of totally obliterated garlic, sitting on the dock of the bay leaf, cups of oil, a healthy pinch of cloves, a punch of pepper, and a salt of pepper, an assault of salt, paprika. Assault of After, salt, paprika? What? <laughs> an assault of salt. Oh. An assault, Paprika. assault. Okay, I thought you said assault, comma assault. Uh, after soaking for days, apply the rub. Here's what you need for the rub: a healthy pinch of Flavor Town soil for spirit. Salt, <laughs> obviously. Pepper, more paprika, cumin, onion powder, uh, pepper dustins, which is ground pepper. I will yeah. say, I freaking love paprika. It's good. I, I it's love real good. paprika so much. I put it in everything, even when it doesn't uh, need it. <laughs> It always needs it, though. I like, love that's the secret. Though. So next up, you're going to need to get your Freightliner-sized big boy rotisserie. Ew. Turn that piece of meat low and slow for days. Serve when tender enough for grandma's dentures to get through it. Surf bands clash with banjo metal under the chromium glass bubble on the moon of Flavortown. This is the heart of Flavortown. The best dives you can ever imagine crammed into oxygen bubbles on the surface of the moon. The rest of Flavortown serves as the breadbasket for almost the entire solar system. They have hyper The hyper sunlight it receives all the time means that they are constantly growing. But the real money made in Flavortown is tourism. Flavortown is basically the Disney world of food and Papa Ferrari is the mayor. 
He still spends a great deal of his time cooking, but now he is also serves as the sole administrator of Flavortown. This means it's basically a dictatorship. Fortunately, all Papa wants to do is attract tourists and make cheeseburgers and talk with other cooks. So Flavortown is kind of a wild west politically, but eh, it works out. The amount of butter and braised meats being consumed has created a plump and docile population. <laughs> and of dad of dad bearded grill nerds. <laughs> Given the total lack of laws, however, Flavortown is notorious for double booking and crazy swing prices. Fad restaurants are opening and closing all the time, so it is the truest form of a tourist trap. I want but, you to look in the mirror and see that you are a dad bearded grill nerd. I bought a grill I on know. Sunday. Like when you said that, I'm I looking love at it. It's like you are the definition of what you just described. The best part of grilling is all the mess is outside. I can just leave it out there and it's yeah. fine. My house isn't full of smoke. It's so easy. Food tastes burnt. I love it. I'm yeah, bad at it. I do it, like though. that carbon taste, man. Um. All right. So now let's just kind of go through some of like the best restaurants in Flavortown, right? So Mama Pie's Pie Emporium from Pies Around the Universe, Galactic Grits and Hash House, Smoky, Smoky the Bear's Rib Rock Hall, <laughs> Spoon Grease, <laughs> Slapjacks Flapjacks. Oh my gosh. <laughs> the Oiled Beer, the Oil Beard Beer Hall, <laughs> 10 guys. Pasta Granny's gone wild. Pasta. Wow. Wow. What? I was about to make fun of 10 guys, but then you just dropped Pasta Granny's gone wild on me in in your last breath? Did you really just drop that on me in the last second? I was like, 10 guys. Pasta Granny's gone wild. Whoa. Hold on. That's way worse. That's way, way worse. The oiled beard beer hall was pretty good. And then I was like, 10 guys. And I just like typed Pasta Granny's. And then I'm just like, God wild. That's the best. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna kill me this episode, dude. Oh, jeez. Uh, oh, I, my God, I, I love the idea of Flavor Town being a hillbilly moon full of crazy I, animals, bonkers vegetables, and dive bar. That's really funny. Uh, this made me happy. Okay, well, I liked your world. I thought your world was hilarious. You you nailed the tone like really well. Like I, I think we just realized that Guy Fieri is just a ridiculous character of a person, and also you never filled in those two blank spots I told you to on the list. Oh, I'll do that right now. Yeah, and I'll wait. So Ghost of the Shell Okay, so here's the other thing that I hate. Fill in the things and I'm gonna talk about Ghost of the Shell. Here's okay. the other things that I hate about Ghost of the Shell. So they meet with the Prime Minister, right? Okay. And so she has like a full military, like formal uniform that she wears in like a bunch of episodes when she does things like meet with the prime minister, but she's not wearing, she's wearing her usual outfit. Also, they never change clothes ever. Yeah. Also, you know, a funny comment that Mandy made, and this is like kind of ironic is like her pants made no sense. No, she's wearing like low cup. They're like here, but her hips are here. She's like, Mandy was like, you know, like the thing with like, like low-rise jeans is they like hit you like just below your hips not like on your legs yeah they're all right and they're like just so you can see that little bit of skin for no reason and i'm like why didn't they just stick with the original costume if they wanted to have like a little bit of bare leg in between her leotard and her like knee-high socks just do that that look made more sense that look is it's too sexy for netflix cody but it's the the same look (laughs) And like, um, so, so she's not wearing the first time she meets the, with the prime minister, which doesn't make sense. But then the next time she's just having a casual conversation with the prime minister, she's wearing her formal military outfit. What? Why have it <laughs> late? Like, your first meeting with the prime minister of the freaking country should be in that formal outfit. I, I agree with I'm you. I'm done vamping. What are you feeling in? Uh, the next I'm just going to roll it. If it's one setting. of those, I'll just tell you to make it up. Um, it is not one of those. I hate this one so much. Guess what I rolled, Cody? What did What did you roll? Guess you have to guess. I I don't know. I rolled Winter Wonderworld. Yay! It's not I'm excited for this that. This doesn't make sense anymore. I'm totally happy with that. I am really. I I do like the idea, but it's just I wanted to do it during the winter, but then we ended up not doing the live show because they got busy and stressed. 
And then now, so I just put it on the regular list. It's not winter. So it's going to be really weird for me to sit there and think about winter. Did, did my other world idea I, I, make sense? I, I like those cutesy, spooky, yeah, cutesy world. spooky world. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, like Casper like that. the Ghost type stuff, yeah. Yeah, I watched Over the Garden Wall recently. so I'm like, I have not watched that. it again. I haven't watched oh. like anything, dude. You've got to like, get away from anime. on a anime. show that sucks. Yeah, like, stop watching anime, just start watching, no, it's like, not even all the good. anime that's the problem. It's remakes of anime. Anime is fine. I'm just, like, I'm d- I haven't been blown away by anime. Okay, I, like, I, I guess the last like... two, if you include Ghost and Shell, the last two I've watched have been bad. Yeah, and then it's just, like, man, there are some, like, really great cartoons that are being made, you know, For, I, by Cartoon so Network. So, on page seven, are... they did a episode about Daria and Beavis and Butthead. And now I kind of want to watch Daria. <laughs> I've never watched it before. Like, they, they've, like... Put it to such a high esteem. Like, I kind of want to watch it now because I never watched it before. It sounds great. But anyways, it's time to close up the show. Cody, what are your plugs? I won't interrupt you this time. Check me out at the Wandering Gamer Network it doesn't everywhere. help when you hold your head away from the mic and say it. I can see my wave. I'm fine. You can check, check me out at the Wandering Gamer Network everywhere. Podcast, YouTube, and Twitch. Have you been, have you, Cody, been streaming? recently not not a lot yeah i, haven't I just seen like pop up anymore. for like it's the last sad. week i haven't been zach and caitlin have been a yeah little i bit. see them every now and then but like i want to play prey so i'm not watching it so i don't spoil myself oh yeah so i'll and i also don't know when i'm gonna play prey um you can catch me at the side characters podcast my other podcast um where i'll be posting a link in this i keep forgetting to do that so i'm going to go back and add it to the episodes sorry 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 but yeah you can check me out side characters podcast is a podcast about cultural diversity in sorry cultural diversity in nerd culture um the week you're listening to this will be um our episode about inclusion where we just talk about um some great shows video games and other stuff that have like really good inclusivity i guess is the word um but yeah so and then the week after that we will be talking about gaming in that episode wait no we won't yeah i don't know but eventually we'll be talking about <laughs> gaming with um ryan and carlene from instant three play they've been on this show a couple of times and it's a really good episode carlene and ryan are both absolutely amazing people so check them out at instant three play also since i'm plugging twitch streamers now for no reason please check out Theo Ripper, he does some amazing art streams. Check out MD, MD Leo's Spaceman at twitch.tv. He does a bunch of different variety shows. Check out um, Carl's Bad Speed. She does a lot of karaoke um, art and different like multiplayer games. And then always check out Holden at Holdenator's Ho. I just for no reason plugged everybody I watch. So, <laughs> oh, and check out So86 where they do a lot of um, dating sims. They recently did Doki Doki Literature Club, which is like a, re- a really great game. And I need to play it again because it's so messed up. Anyways, those are my plugs for everybody else. We'll catch you all on the flip side. Bye. Bye. <laughs>